Okay, welcome everybody. Blessings are something that we look forward to. We look forward to giving blessings and also receiving blessings. But how do we define this word blessing? Well, firstly, may God continue to give us his blessing, protection and favour. Two, they received a special blessing from the pastor, benediction, dedication, consecration, commendation, prayer for somebody, for someone, intercession, grace, thanksgiving. Three, he gave the plan his blessing, endorsement, seal of approval, backing support, favour, good wishes, the go-ahead, the thumbs up, the green light, the okay. So, may God continue to give us his blessing. They received a special blessing. He gives the plan his blessing. Folks, let's read from the book of Philippians chapter 1 and we'll be reading the first 11 verses. Philippians 1, 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all God's people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that the whole, uh, the whole began, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on into completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Whether I'm in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Folks, that is a beautiful scripture. A very nice, a very nice scripture indeed. Now, folks, Paul is saying, he's saying that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. It's a very interesting statement that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Let's begin by looking at this word, excuse me, let's begin by looking at this word abound. One, abound. To thrive or flourish or to be plentiful. Two, so our love must thrive and flourish and be plentiful in respect to what? What Paul was talking about. 
knowledge and depth of insight. And number three, verse five talks about a partnership, folks, a partnership with the gospel. And so it is from the gospel where knowledge and depth of insight must flourish and be plentiful. I think this is an interesting concept, this idea of having a partnership with the gospel. Folks, husband and wives have a partnership with each other. Employees and employers have a partnership with each other. Hi, Michael. Welcome. So this idea of having a partnership is right throughout our existence. But here, Paul is talking about having a partnership with the gospel. A partnership where knowledge and depth of insight must flourish and be plentiful. And to understand the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, to understand the gospel is to understand Christ. And to understand Christ, we must both have knowledge of and experience God. I was brought up in a church as a youth. A church that said, if you have knowledge, you've made it. If you have knowledge, you'll get to heaven. If you have, I'm talking biblical knowledge. If you have biblical knowledge, you've made it as a Christian. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I started attending another church that was extremely Pentecostal. And they had nothing about knowledge. They said, if you experience God, you've made it. If God gives you dreams and visions and you have that experience, if God gives you healings and giftings, that gives you experience and you've made it. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe either of those statements. I believe we do need knowledge, but we also need experience. We need to experience God and we need to know God. And when we have these two, in perfect alignment, then we'll be true believers of Christ. Then we'll be able to move on and on and on in our Christian walk. Then we'll be able to move from mission to mission to mission and we'll see our ministries increase and we'll see blessings increase and we'll see our ministries be becoming, um, becoming, uh, what's the word I'm after? Can't think of the word. But, for everything to increase, for the the Glorious. things that are on your heart Glorious. to be fulfilled. Sorry? Flourish. Flourish. We see our ministries flourish. And so to understand the gospel is to understand Christ. And to understand Christ, we must have both knowledge and experience of God. As we read scripture in both the Old and New Testaments, we're presented with a whole range of people who had both an intimate understanding of God through the Word and also people who experienced God in their everyday life. Even the very concept or the nature of God-given gifts has to do with understanding and applying scripture. And as scripture is applied... We experience God, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it works. As scripture is implied, sorry, applied, not implied. As scripture is applied, 
we will have a good and better understanding and we will experience God. So, even the very concept or the nature of God-given gifts has to do with understanding and applying the scripture. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your gifting is. The outworking of your gifting will be you. The outgifting of your giftings will be you experiencing God. And knowledge and depth of insight will relate directly to the power of our testimony and also to the importance that we place on God in our everyday lives. And again, it's not about knowledge and it's not about experience, but the truth and reality is it really is, ladies and gentlemen, about depth of relationship. And that's what we're really talking about. And I believe that's what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about depth of relationship. And Paul talked about love abounding. And the key in all that we do is to check our motives and make sure that what we do, we do out of Christ's love. Look, let me say this. You can pick up the Bible every day or any day. But if your motive is incorrect... You're falling short, falling short of what God has for you. Alex, welcome. I see your name up there. Chris, welcome, Chris. We see God being active in everyday situations. And sometimes sometimes we have prayer requests. And this is asking God to be active in everyday situations. And my prayer for you is that you may abound, just like Paul's prayer was for the for the church of Philippi. My prayer for you is that you will abound in more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. That's my prayer. And that should be our prayer for each other. I want to go on to talk about discernment. And from the dictionary and a worldly perspective, to discern means to seek to understand a situation or to to cultivate a thought or to have or give insight or to use wisdom. This is discernment. Let me go through the list again. To discern means to seek to understand a situation, to cultivate a thought or to have or give insight or to use wisdom. And I want to bring your attention to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. Hebrews 4 verse 2, which says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, the word of God Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God becomes a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Do you get that today? Do you get that this hour? That the word of God becomes a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's interesting, isn't it? Whatever's in your heart, as you read scripture, the scripture will discern 
whether what's in your heart is good or bad. If we are to hold every thought captive, 2 Corinthians 10.5, then discernment is very, very necessary. The way that we process our thinking will affect the intent of the heart. Fair comment. The intent of the heart is related, ladies and gentlemen, to the fruit of the Spirit. And how we process the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Okay. How we process the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We belong to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God belongs to us. And as a result of that, there is a fruit okay, of the Spirit. Let's work backwards from this. Just bear with me. I want to work backwards. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me go through the list again. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, as we look at this list, we see the qualities of the lifestyle that is to be achieved. Now, these qualities can only be achieved by having a particular intent of the heart. You get it? These qualities, the fruit of the Spirit, their qualities, yes, can only be achieved by having a particular intent of the heart. What is the intent of your heart? If the intent of your heart is unkindness, then kindness can never be a part of your life until you change the intent of your heart. You get me? Do you see where we're coming from here? This is is of considerable depth, ladies and gentlemen. The intent of the heart comes from our thinking. Okay, now get it. I'm going to go back again. The qualities of the fruit of the Spirit can only achieve by having a particular intent of the heart. The the intent of the heart comes from how we process our thinking. And organising our thoughts and processing those thoughts requires discernment. Okay, are you getting this? Now, the next one, to discern wisely, we must go back to the Scriptures. Okay, and allow the influence of God and the revelation of his word to permeate our very lives. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? I'm going to go over it again because this is deep stuff. This is meat. This is good. As we look at the list, we see the qualities of the fruit of the spirit, a lifestyle to be achieved. And these qualities can only be achieved by having a particular 
intent of the heart. The intent of the heart comes from how we process our thinking. And organising our thoughts and processing them requires discernment. And to discern wisely, we must go back to the scripture and allow the influence of God and the revelation of the word to permeate our very lives. Now, to discern requires action, okay? To discern requires action. And so we need to act upon the scriptures, or in other words, apply the understanding of scripture to our lives. You see, the scripture requires action. The scripture requires action. If we read Romans, for instance, a book full of instruction, and even if we read Romans chapter 6, it tells us that we must die to sin. So an action is required. You see, the Bible requires action from us. Now, even if we go to a different genre, like the 23rd Psalm, if we read the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. He, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures beside quiet waters. Right? Now, you might say, Pastor Stuart, there's no action there. It's reflective. Yes, it is reflective. But to reflect upon God is an action. You see, the Scriptures want us to put these words into action in our lives. And if we discern correctly, we need to act upon the Scriptures or apply the understanding of the Scriptures to our very lives. Now, there are lots of different types of Bible studies that we can do. We can do them in church. We can do studies in group. We can do studies online. We can do Bible studies privately. But it is not where or how we study that is important, but how the Bible will impact your life. The impact that Scripture has on our lives is up to us. It's our choice. In the Garden of Eden, Adam, Adam and Eve had a free choice. We also have that free choice. So the impact that Scripture has on our lives is up to us. It is what you do with the biblical information during and when the study is completed. Okay. It is important for us, ladies and gentlemen, it is important for us to evaluate our lives in relation to our personal revelation of Scripture. Is Scripture being revealed to you? Yes. Yes, it is. And where were you in your Christian walk 12 months ago? Okay? Think about it. And if you're at the same place you were 12 months ago, it's not good enough. I'm sorry, but your standards have slipped. We should be at a different place, a closer level than what we were this time 12 months ago. We should move on daily, weekly, monthly, but even moment by moment. So 
good, bad or otherwise, we must make adjustments to our lives. Adjustments that will bring us closer to God. It'll bring the revelation of the scripture to us. It'll bring us dreams. It'll bring us visions. It'll bring us mission. It'll bring us ministry. It'll bring us the outworking of this book in our lives. And folks, that's where we need to get to if we're not already there. I want to talk about something that is very interesting. In the uh, in verse uh, verse nine, I think it is. Let me see. Uh, in verse eleven, in verse eleven, Christ's prayer is that the church at Philippi, that the people there will be filled with the fruit of righteousness. I want to look at the fruit of righteousness. Now, so far, we've looked at depth of insight and. We've looked at discernment. But as we follow Paul's prayer, we see that we're being led to our final objective, which is to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. That comes from Jesus Christ. Interesting. Being righteous is not something that we can achieve ourselves. Being righteous righteous is basically doing what is right according to God's perspective. Notice I hold the Bible up a lot. It's God's word. I'm just the messenger. Okay? It's God's word. And that's what we're preaching. God's word. Being righteous is basically doing what is right from God's perspective or according to God's standard which is laid out in Scripture. Now, if we take to heart our understanding of biblical depth and insight in relation to our everyday life and marry that up with the giftings that we possess and then we apply God's or godly discernment to every situation in our life, then the fruit of righteousness will follow. What does a fruit of righteousness look like? Firstly, it comes from being grafted to the vine. It comes from being grafted to the vine. Because the vine is Jesus and Jesus is where the righteousness comes from. So firstly, it comes from being grafted to the vine. This is about being connected to Jesus. You know, you do grafting of a plant. You cut a little slot. And you've got a twig with a, a thin wedge and it goes into the slot. And you bind it up with some cotton or some string. Type of cloth around it. And it's grafted. It's grafted. The interesting thing is, you can graft <clears throat> you can graft an apple variety to a tree that produces a different apple variety, and you'll get two different varieties of apple. Off the one tree. Now, isn't that interesting? 
we can graft ourselves to Jesus and although Jesus has all of the fruit and all of the gifts and all of everything our fruit oh sorry not our fruit our gifts will be different to someone else who's grafted to the same same vine and they will be different to someone else who's grafted to the same same vine are you hearing me today are you hearing me So firstly, it comes from being grafted to the vine. And this is about being connected to Jesus, but it's more than that. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world and we will not go to heaven using our own efforts. Tower of Babel. Now there's a story and a sermon for a whole nother day. But those people were trying to get to heaven on their own efforts. They built a big tower. But it didn't work, did it? It just didn't work and God confused their language but you know what happened at the day of Pentecost the very opposite thing happened instead of people trying to get to heaven the Holy Spirit came and said I will help you to get to heaven and instead of language being confused people heard the message Peter's message even in their own language the confusion was taken away So connection with God is the first step. But the second step, ladies and gentlemen, is lifestyle. Lifestyle involves emulating Christ-like behaviour. How do we know how to behave like Christ? It's in here, right? In these pages. It's all about Christian behaviour, behaving in a Christ-like manner. As we consider our everyday decision, we must make godly choices. We must make decisions that are right according to God. And to do this, we need to understand where God is coming from. And we need to behave appropriately. And using depth and insight along with discernment will lead us, ladies and gentlemen, into the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness is the product of our godly decisions, which ultimately become our godly or our Christian behaviour. Of course, the opposite of this is unrighteousness, which is born by ungodly fruit. So the product of displaying the fruit of righteousness is that through your actions and your decisions, etc., God is the one, God is the one who is glorified. Eric, welcome Eric. I see your name coming up. Our call, ladies and gentlemen, right, we've been called out of the world, right, and we've become the church. The Greek word is ecclesia. We've been called out of the world, and we become the ecclesia, we become the church, we become the kingdom of God, we become part of the kingdom of God. And our call is to live the life. And no matter what culture we come from, we must embrace a culture of Christ. I don't mind if you're African, Australian, Indian, USA, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. 
We need to let go of our worldly cultures and embrace a culture of Christ. The standards are here. This is the Christian culture. Earthly cultures will not get us to heaven. But a Christ-like culture will. A biblical culture will. A godly culture will. The culture of the righteousness, the fruit of righteousness will. That is what we need to be looking for. Okay. Now, we must embrace this culture of Christ and allow that not only to be displayed in our lives, but we must go further and deeper than displaying. Yes, we must allow the revelations of Scripture and the convictions, folks, of the Holy Spirit to permeate our very being. And then be obedient to that. Look, there is so much more to this prayer than just a casual read. Love abounding in knowledge and depth of insight. Discernment to be pure and blameless. And wrapping up, Paul wraps it up with the fruit of righteousness. This prayer, ladies and gentlemen, this prayer when applied becomes a life changer. Paul wrote letters to people to encourage them and to build them up in the most holy faith. It amazes me that I can read a letter that comes from the first century and I can glean such information as to improve my relationship with Almighty God. That's special. That's very special. And as we close today, I want to, with all sincerity, with all sincerity, pray this prayer on behalf of this church, on behalf of my ministry, on behalf of Paul's ministry, and on behalf of God and the Godhead. I want to pray this prayer. And this is my prayer to you. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Amen. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for the church. That's my prayer for believers. That's my prayer for the nations. That's my prayer for even Afghanistan and every nation in the world and every people, Christian or not. Come to the Lord and get saved. Get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if your name's not in the Lamb's Book of Life, go and ask someone whose name is and get them to help you. And if you know someone, if you're a believer and you know someone, then you go and help them get their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is important. This is important. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks, honour, praise and glory for this word, for this prayer that Paul prayed. Lord, only three verses of a prayer, but so much in it and so much inside. We pray, Lord, we'll take this message into our hearts. 
Lord, lock, stock and barrel. We'll take it the whole way, the whole nine yards, Lord. We'll embrace this prayer and we will live this prayer and this prayer will be our life and becoming our life. And Lord, and we will leave our cultures behind and we'll embrace a culture of Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to me and for being part of our service tonight. I pray God's blessing upon you real good and real strong. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.